What's up, listener? I want to let you know if you don't know already, you can now financially support the Theology of Music podcast. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash theologyofmusic for more details. You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on Instagram, support financially through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel, and let's get some clean house things out of the way. I can't, I've literally recorded this thing, this welcome four or five times, and I've said something cringeworthy or just with with my tongue, and I can't, I just can't get words out. So that's what you're going to get, and you're going to get what you get, and you don't pitch a fit, as I told Dave Whitcroft from uh, KD Music last week. And I hope you enjoyed that episode, actually. That was really fun. I will say, uh, there's a lot of cool episodes coming up, and I, I've already started this podcast with saying cool. So there we go. The end has already come. But uh, yeah, this is there's a lot of interesting uh, guests coming. And, um, you know, one of the next, next week actually will be uh, Jeff Owen from 10th Avenue North, a uh, very popular Christian band um, that, that just basically finished. Uh, they... They, I guess you could say, broke up the band, but they just, you know, they all said, okay, it's time for the band to end last year, right before COVID hit. And so we have a really good conversation next week, and I'm excited for you guys to hear that. And then um, hopefully soon as well, Mike uh, Donahue, who is the lead singer of 10th Avenue North, is going to be coming on this podcast. And we're just going to talk about one of his songs, uh, maybe one of his singles that he's dropping, um, that he's recently dropped, or, or new songs. Or even just some old songs, right? And so, I do want you to, um, I, I do want you to know that we're we're, I'm I'm not trying to with, with like the sponsorship stuff and the membership stuff. I'm not trying to um, goad everyone into giving, but I do think that the there, I want to have longer conversations, right? I don't want to feel like I have to stop the conversations at a certain time. But I also know that a long podcast is really hard for people to listen to. I mean, I, I even know myself, it's hard for me to always get uh, uh, time to listen to anything above 30 minutes, let alone above 20, right? I mean, it's just tough. Uh, and most of the time, if I am listening to a podcast, it's it's maybe at the end of the day, right? When the girls are down and, and we're cleaning up downstairs or, or, you know, if I'm in between, if I'm driving anywhere, but you know, you already know, I don't really go out. So, and <laughs> everywhere is like six minutes from my house. Uh, so it's tough to to justify um, or just even fit into my own schedule, right? A long, in quotes, long form podcast, uh, which I would consider an hour is, is pretty long. And so I'm wanting to give us an opportunity to have more, right? You know, you can listen to more, but I don't want to just um, saturate and, and overwhelm listeners of this podcast with hour long podcasts, right? When I've been when I've been telling you, I'm, I'm really trying to keep them to, you know, 30 minutes max which I obviously am doing a terrible job of. But all that to say, uh, with with Mike, I am probably and most likely going to split the episode up and there will be a web exclusive or, you know, sponsor membership exclusive uh, extension of the episode. And so if you give anywhere from $5, $10 to $25 a month, um, and even as little as $5 a month uh, as a member and sign up for that, you can have access to the extended episode. And I know, right? I know that this is, it's a little risky to do that because I could alienate people who just want to listen to this podcast and they don't want to have to give money. Um, But I do think that they're, 
I'm, I'm trying to do both as best as I can, right? I'm trying to give you guys um, examples of really good conversations with really good people. Um, but I'm also trying to look out for those people that don't have the time to listen to like an hour long, right? And they may not ever get to listen to it because they just think, oh man, that's an hour. I, I just don't have the time for that. Um, and so this is just an opportunity to hopefully um, do the best of both worlds, right? And there's there's other conversations, right? So there's one with with uh, Matt and I from you know from our our band, the Grace Collective, in a coffee shop with annoyingly loud music. Uh, so that audio, I'm just going to tell you right now, is not great. Uh, but I think it's a good conversation where we unpack a few of the songs from our album uh, that we just dropped. This is not the end. Songs from Romans, and um, I think it's worth listening to. Just to, it's always good to hear uh, stories behind the songs, and and that's the hope too. Um, as I said with Jeff, and you'll you'll hear is I want this podcast to be a positive voice in what I think is already a divided culture, right? You know, I, I see your you see podcasts, you see websites, you see Facebook pages, and and it's pretty clear where everyone stands, right? Everyone everyone kind of has their position on worship music. And they are willing and very open to give their perspective, not to the person, but just to everyone else, right? And, and I used to be so prone to do that, right? To just quickly give my, well, I don't like this perspective. Um, and there's nothing, we need to, yes, we need to stand on truth. We need to give the the honest critique and feedback that should be given. But ultimately though, we have to remember what what platforms are best for that, right? Podcasts and blogs and stuff. Not great. Sure, you can you can critique current events and stuff like that, but critiquing people and positions people might have that you may not know for sure. And that's why I don't think podcasts or blogs are, are good spots to do that, good spaces to do that, because you're you're essentially rallying people that that also don't know this person or you know position person's position right um and you're rallying them against it right that's why i don't like the rise and fall of mars hill because i just don't think that podcast was this i don't think that's where you do that i don't i don't see the necessity to start a brand new podcast for that um and you might be saying well Joel, aren't you condemning them and kind of saying that kind of thing no i i don't know their heart i just in my experience with worship music, in my experience with the industry and the culture around this, in my experience with people, um, I, the the one thing that I always go back to scripturally, right, is, is is Christ saying, "They'll know you, they'll know you are mine by how you love each other." And I always just try to think, okay, am, can I am I loving people well in what I'm doing? And so that's why I changed in, in my podcast, right? I used to have this very strict criteria where I would look at songs and and even people when I said I'm, I'm going to kind of change it they they they've said and and even still today kind of going are you are you going woke are you are you not you know are you not caring about the stuff anymore no yeah of course but the difference is I don't have the position now to determine what songs I do on a Sunday I don't have the the position to exert um, control over that and so now the, but but this podcast isn't that either. This isn't a position for me to exert control over what people do and don't do. This this podcast is just a hope that you, through listening to my story and hearing, you know, just more about songs, you think more deeply about your life and the songs that you sing, you know? So that's, that's the reason. So let's get into the song today. I'm sorry for that long intro. Um, I know that it's 
probably frustrating at times um, when you listen to a podcast and you hear people banter or just go back and forth or just on and on and on. But, you know, I kind of had to because I really want I want to set the stage for the episodes that are coming. And and I've been praying. I want you to know I've been praying that the God that God, that the God that God opens the doors for me to have conversations with people I disagree with, like people like Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel. Right. I'm even going to have a conversation with someone who disagreed with Mackenzie. Uh, which is great. I'm, that's perfect. I want to have those conversations to, and then I want you to hear those conversations, right? I want this podcast to be something that blesses God's kingdom here on earth, right? Not in, in God's, in God's bride here on earth, you know, not divides the bride as much as I can help it. So today, speaking of blessing, uh, but also division, right? I'm, I'm going to be talking about the song, Come Thou Fount. Uh, and, and Come Thou Fount is, a, is an age-old hymn uh, written a long time ago. And it, it was, uh, it is uh, still a staple in many churches, right? You think about all these hymns that I've, I've looked at so far, and these these hymns, have stood the test of time. And what's interesting though about uh, Come Thou Found is even though it has stood the test of time, there, is, there are things that you, you need to say about it, but let's look at the author first. So the author is Robert Robinson. And uh, let's just say he had a terrible childhood. <laughs> he had a miserable childhood. Dad died when he was young. Uh, his grandfather disowned him. Who was He was wealthy. So this grandfather who had tons of money and could have easily helped him and his mom out. Um, as you can tell, my voice is still coming back from COVID and stuff. Um, he didn't, he disowned him, didn't care. He disinherited him and he barely left him anything. Um, and then, you know, then this kid basically has to provide for his family. And this isn't, you know, this is 1700s, right? This is around the time this hymn was written. This is and, and he's saved. Here's the cool thing. He's saved. Robert is saved after he's working and providing for his family as a, as a teenager. And then he, he's saved as he hears George Whitfield in 1755 because uh, this phrase that Whitfield used, which was, oh, my hearers, the wrath to come, the wrath to come. And he was convi- and converted. And then he became a minister in the Baptist church and then the Methodist church and later in other denominations. And one of his congregations grew to a thousand. Here's what I want to note too. Um, he became a minister through conversion, right? And uh, I don't know the whole story, but what's really cool is that it's it's not about the schooling he had. It, it was about the faith that he had in Christ, right? And, and I, I think that's important to remember too. Um, that there isn't this expectation that you are to become this incredible theologian. Now you are supposed to grow and you should not be drinking, as Paul says, milk for the rest of your life, being an infant or a babe in the faith. Um, But God uses anyone he wants, not anyone you want, anyone he wants to further his gospel. And I just love that. And here's the, here's the amazing thing about this song, right? So he's already written this hymn among others. And he then goes through a really dark season and he's mentally unstable and and depressed and he all of his christian beliefs everything that he had that had that he had held to um and all the training that he received later had they just they didn't mean anything to him anymore and so he's in this stagecoach and this young lady is in there too and she's just decided to start singing 
Well, she starts singing Come Thou Fount, which was his hymn, which is just kind of be nuts. <laughs> you're just like, you're super down. And then someone sings a hymn that you wrote. And, uh, and this was his response. She says, you know, hey, what do you think of that song? Not knowing it's him. And this is what he says, Madam, I am that unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago. And I would give a thousand worlds if I had them, if I could feel now as I felt then. So let's take a look at this song and let's unpack some of the things in this song. And But let's let's remember that context because I'm going to kind of come back to that um, later as we, we examine the song. So this song, so Come Thou Fount, right? This this beautiful hymn um, that's that's been redone in many ways. Um is is main it's just about the the wealth of life that comes from the spring of god of christ right it's you so you start the song right you start the song with come thou found of every blessing right it's it's all about god being the living water this this the, the one from whom all blessings flow right um you know you can look at jeremiah when it's talking about you know they're talking about israel forsaking the fountain of living water right you you can look at you know, the, in the New Testament, right? You're looking at Christ even saying, come to me, like if anyone's thirsty, right? And, and, and it's, it's come thou fount of every blessing. And it's, it's an invitation, right? What's really interesting is you start the song with come thou fount. Um, it, it's a request. It's asking God, who is the fount of every blessing to tune my heart, to sing thy grace, right? Which is the next line. And I, the, what I think is interesting and it's important to note is that this song uses a ton of, of poetic language, right? It uses a ton of flowery uh, language and, and imagery. And it's not bad, but it, what's interesting to, and important to note is that this song, because of the language that it uses, is not the best for a non-Christian, right? Which I, I think is why uh, you don't see the song in many of the, you know, you would say the big three right? Um, you know, many of the bigger churches or those who are trying to emulate the big three, uh, you're not going to see hymns like this because the language is too flowery in an interesting way, which is funny, you know, because ironically, a lot of um, modern day CCM big church style songs are, they use language that's kind of similar, but it's simpler and a little bit more ambiguous, um, but just as nuanced, just differently. It's, it's, it's funny how they're more similar than they are different. Uh, and, and so you say, tune my heart to sing thy grace, which is, you know, it's very poetic, right? You can't tune your heart in the sense of, it's not like a stringed instrument, but you can focus your heart because as the Psalms talk about, right, that, that, how do you, how do you want, keep, how does young men keep from sinning by meditating on the truths of the Lord, right? You know, your desires are hopefully supposed to change from your desires to God's desires. So that's actually like a tuning, whether it's a tuning as an instrument or even a tuning as an engine. Um, which is triggering for me because I still don't have my car back and I'm still waiting for them to get the engine to fix the engine to replace the engine. So it's been over almost two months. Um, that you, that was just for free. <laughs> I'm like Robert Robinson in that I have no happiness because I don't have my car. Anyway, streams of mercy never ceasing. And so you've got this, right, come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace. That's kind of something together. Then it's streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. And and I love that. I love how the imagery of the the streams of mercy, meaning this this 
it's a it has a flow to it. It's got a destination. It, it has a source, right? There's always a source that will feed the stream, and then that stream never ceases. I mean, it's, it just never ends. There's no end to it. Nothing's going to dry up on, at the source, and it's not going to to dry up at the other end, right? And, and because of that, they call for songs of loudest praise, which, you know, it's really funny. You would see this hymn in many more traditional reformed or um, small Baptist churches, Methodist churches, you know, these really traditional denominations or traditional bodies of believers. And what, <laughs> what they're singing is, you know, you're supposed to be singing the loudest of praise. And uh, I don't think you've ever heard um, any of those churches sing praises loudly. And so it's funny where, you know, we, we love to to marry ourselves to, and this is kind of what I was talking about before with the whole, you know, different sides of camps. We love to marry ourselves to style and preference. And and we, regardless of, well, it's a hymn. I, this, we only sing hymns. And yet we don't sing the hymn as it was probably meant to be sung, as the author tells us to. We have to sing loudly, right? You know? So, you know, it's just funny. It's just funny to me. So, uh, we're continuing on. Teach me some melodious sonnet, right? So, we're moved on from the call for songs of loudest praise. Now, it's teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Okay, what is that about? That's just poet poetic language, right? Flaming tongues is an allusion um, to, right, Pentecost. Flaming tongues of fire above the disciples' heads. Um, a sonnet, right, you know, is, is like an old song. All right, so it's it's this kind of, um, it's, or it's like a poem. Um, it's of a specific, um, a specific length. So, you know, it's, what's, what's cool is you've got this, um, this reference to the current culture, which I think worship songs can do. They don't have to be old or, or they, they, it's not like they can't ever say anything that has to do with what's going on right now, right? Or something that what that's popular. Um, because a sonnet, everyone would know what a sonnet is then. If you ask anyone today what a sonnet is, they will have no idea. Sung by flaming tongues. You know, that's, that's a pretty big stretch for people to understand, right? And so... You know, I'm looking through this this word by word, and and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on every every stanza. I really want to get to one that people know the most, and I'm going to make a couple notes too along the way. But I, I want to remind people, right? And we need to remember to to be honest about these songs. So this song is not good for people who don't know, right? That aren't Christians, right? This is this is not a song that you're going to understand, and you can't say you know, you can't be an old fart and go, well, you know, that's, it's not about, you know, it's not about the people that don't know Jesus churches for those who are in the, look, we have to evangelize. We have to proclaim, right? As David, uh, as Dave said last week, songs should be democratic. Not saying they can't ever be specific and they can't car- carry certain themes, right? But you have to know what you're doing when you pick songs like this you are going to alienate someone and so you need to figure out how to to remedy that right and so a lot of people have tried to put him uh, put choruses like the the chris tomlin thing where he, he put a chorus or um you've got anyone shane and shane's done it i mean <laughs> as just as like a, a just a thing a way to see i typed in come thou fount in youtube and there are how many results can I see? There are a lot. (laughs) 
and they have millions of views and there are tons of different versions with different courses because everyone thinks they know what they should say to Come Thou Fount. And, and, and I will say that Come Thou Fount, while it is a fantastic song and a fantastic hymn, is not easily understood. So I get why people would see, okay, maybe we need to simplify it in this theme into some type of easily digestible chorus. Um, I would rather say, you know, I think that's okay because that's your preference, right? You, you are the one who's getting to do that. Heck, you can write your own if you want and make that just specific to your church. You never have to just, you never have to do what Chris Tomlin does in his course. You can do your own course. Hopefully it's good. Um, there's a reason why they're good. It's because they have tons of writers that are helping make it the best. Um, but you don't have to do what they do. You can write your own. And I would say, typically you don't want to do a song, ironically enough, if it's going to be so confusing that you have to tweak it, right? Um, or you need to introduce it selectively and, and, and very intentionally, right? Uh, worship nights, offertory, stuff like that, where you're you're explaining, you know, even giving videos to, before to show, like something like that where that really enables the people to understand. And so last last two lines, praise the mount, right? I'm fixed upon it mount of thy redeeming love. What's that? Well, that's a reference to Calvary, which you wouldn't know if you weren't a Christian. And most Christians might not even know that either, right? You're, I just think it just makes me sad to know that there are people who sing this song, who have been singing the song for years and have never once actually learned what they're singing, right? They, they're only singing it because they grew up singing it and they sing it uh, and they love it because they grew up singing it, right? You know, it's, it's, it's more about their tradition or the 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 historicity of it, not the reality and the truth. Which brings me to one of, I think, um, the most famous, in quotes, parts of the song that, that most people have issues with, which is, um, so it depends on what version you're singing, right? There, there's some versions that have, come thou fount, sorrow I shall be, Jesus sought me when a stranger, O to grace, O that day. Uh, which is really interesting because as it's written, right, as in 1758, as it appeared in the collection of hymns, um, which is, a, I guess, a hymn book, right? There's no, um, here I raise my Ebenezer is put in a stanza that starts with, sorrow I shall be in spirit till released from flesh and sin. Yet from what I do inherit, hear thy praises, I'll begin. And then it says, here I raise my Ebenezer, Hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. And then, you know, they, it's it's kind of like this, what we've done to this hymn is then instead of it going, here I raise my Ebenezer, and into Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. It We, we, we got rid of this first part where it says, sorrowing I shall be, right? And we, we started the verse with, here I raise my Ebenezer. Because the, the, the third stanza, which is after, which is, the, it actually starts with Jesus sought me when the stranger. And then the chorus part of it, right? So, you know, each, each hymn stanza has kind of the halves, right? Half is more of like a verse part. And then the, the other half is like a chorus part where the melody changes. And so it would go from uh, Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God, which just feels weird to sing. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. And then you go, how his kindness yet pursues me. Mortal tongue can never tell. Clothed in flesh till death shall loose me. I cannot proclaim it well. I think that makes sense why they got rid of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, just it, it's that's hard to sing, especially to sing it higher, right? How you know how his kindness yet pursues me, which is a beautiful line. Um, and it's interesting because you know a lot of people have gotten upset with songs uh, like "Goodness of God" by Bethel, where it says, you know, your your goodness is running after, running after me. His kindness yet pursues us, and it does. Like he he does still. Um, he, he doesn't chase us in the sense that, oh, please come back. But it, it is, I'm not going to let you go because as Romans 8 says, there's there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ, right? Which is something that needs to be said. There's We cannot lose our salvation because our salvation is not rooted in our own effort. Now that will, you know, what you feel about that goes to what you believe, right? If you think you can save yourself, which I just would, I would feel so sad for you if you thought you could save yourself, because if you thought you could save yourself, then you would know, then you have the power over salvation and you're not perfect and you're going to fail and you're going to get really low at times. And does that mean you're going to lose your salvation? Man, how, how miserably unstable of a life that is. But the beautiful thing is that's, I don't, that's not the truth because as scripture says, nothing can take us from his hand, meaning nothing we do on our own can take us from his hands because we didn't earn it, right? We were dead, meaning we couldn't save ourselves. And so it doesn't matter how far we wander, right? Right? It, just, it, it doesn't, Jesus sought me when a stranger, right? Wandering from the fold of God. We were, we were already wandering and yet he rescued us from danger because he interposed his precious blood, right? He did that. And, and as, as R.C. Sproul has said, right, we can, we can fall far, but we can never fall fully, meaning we're never fully out of the grasp of, of Christ and, and God. And that's beautiful to me. So the line though, right, let's, th- let's imagine you were kind of going off of what you would typically sing, which is the stanza would start with, here I raise my Ebenezer. And a lot of people have issues with that and have taken that part out because it doesn't make sense, right? What does Ebenezer even mean? And that's an allusion to the Old Testament, right? First Samuel, when the Philistines uh, were, were after the Israelites and, and the Lord rescued them and he confused the Philistine army. And so Samuel was like, said, okay, we're going to set a stone here between these two places and we're going to name it Ebenezer, which means the Lord has helped us. So in, in, in essence, when you're raising your own Ebenezer, you're, you're essentially... Uh, praising God for all that he's done to help you, right? His, his helpfulness to you. And, but once again, no, ask, even ask, ask people in your church who have been in church for a while and have been Christians for a while, um, if they know what it means to raise an Ebenezer. And, and that's the hard part about a song like this. It has such beautiful pertinent language to our, our own, our own wrestle, our daily wrestle with the Lord. And, and, um, people are missing out on it because they're just singing it, right? So I love that though. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. And so, you know, you have that part, how, how his kindness yet pursues me. Mortal tongue can never tell, which is true. Like we could never hope to explain the, the depths of beauty in mercy and grace found in Christ, right? Clothed in flesh till death shall loose me, meaning loose me from my clothing in flesh. I cannot proclaim it well. It just doesn't sing well. Um, it's just hard to sing. And then, you know, you've got the O oh, oh, to grace, which would typically be, you know, you would, you most often you sing three stanzas of come thou fount. You don't even, you don't typically sing five. And really, if you're trying to be special, you'll sing four. So you'll typically use this. What's in this original is the fourth stanza, but it's typically your third stanza is O oh, to grace. How great a debtor daily. I'm constrained to be love that. Let thy goodness like a fetter, which is like a binding 
something that would bind you to something, right? Um, which is another old language. Bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O Lord. Or, O take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. It, it, to me, this verse, for my, in my own life, has just been a wonderful encouragement. Right, because the beauty is, I am a, I am a debtor to His grace, which is this is the cool thing. So, so um, I honestly think I might actually. I don't know if you would listen, <laughs> if you all would listen to it. I don't want to go super long in this podcast ep- episode, um, but I want to. I would want. I want to talk about this song more because there's just a lot to this song. Um, but there's, I think we we've misunderstood freedom in in our culture because as americans we're all about freedom america we're all about freedom we're free from we're free we're free from people and the the interesting thing though is that um freedom doesn't look like having liberty to do whatever right freedom is is isn't sovereignty it's not i can do whatever i want it's actually being free you're 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 no longer a slave to one thing and you're now slave to something else in reality right and so because scripture points that out right where it calls us slaves to righteousness in romans we're, we're, we're slaves to christ why would he say that you know why would why would the lord say hey what's we're gonna put this in scripture that you're not you're saved from your sin and you're no longer a slave to sin but you're a slave to me now that doesn't sound nice, but that's but that's the truth. That's what freedom really is, right? This that's what the reality of freedom is. You're you're not you're not you're not free to do anything and have sovereignty because you don't have sovereignty. You don't have control. You don't have liberty to do whatever you want because you're not the you're not the one in charge. But we as as specifically specifically Christians in America have connected freedom as Americans, right, which is still not freedom, um, as we're saying, to freedom in Christ, and it's not the same thing, right? I, I've, I've, I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but I was, I was talking about it with a couple people because um, I was listening to this podcast of Christians in Australia, and they were kind of just saying, you know, American Christians look at our what's going on, especially when it was first happening with all the lockdowns and stuff, and they were up in arms, and um, and the reality is they're saying, yeah, but that's not. We're, we're used to this. It's how our culture is. We're not individualistic freedom kind of culture. It's not how we've grown as a culture and a society. And and I even think to, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan, right? You, I've kind of touched on this, but not in this way. We, we're so, Christians in America, we're so quick to, to look at things and injustice in other countries from the lens of American, not the lens of the gospel. Right, we're so quick to look at stuff that's going wrong and say that's wrong, but our motivation and our, our reason and our source, right, the, the source of that stream is the, the, the freedom, in quotes, that we've experienced as Americans, not the freedom that we've experienced in, in Christ, right, and, and, and saying that, you know, if you're made in his image, you should not be treated this way. You know what, you know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's not a, and I'm not, trying to like deconstruct American being American, right? I'm just, I, I don't want to be, I want people to hate me because of my faith in Christ. 
right? Because their life doesn't line up with Christ and the gospel itself is offensive because it says you don't, you, you aren't the biggest deal in the universe. You're not even that important because it's not all about you. It's about Christ. It's about God. It's about what he's doing in Christ. And you need to get on board with that. No one likes to hear that. So I would rather people hate me for that and hate me because I, I see value in others because God sees value in his creation and the people he's created and those he's redeemed. I'd rather them hate me for that than because I'm an American and I'm acting as an American first. And, and that's what I, I see that. I see, you should, you should see that in, I'm, I'm a debtor, to, I'm a slave to, to his grace. I'm, I'm daily constrained to, his, to be a debtor into his grace, right? And, and I love that it says, let your goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. We wander as Christians so much towards self. It's, it's a sickness in our life. And, and I love that he repeats it, right? He, he says, bind my wandering heart. And he says, wander again, because it, you, we need to be reminded. We wander and we are prone to wander and, and we're prone to leave God and the God we love. And so our hope, the hope is that we then say, well, okay, God, take my heart and just seal it, which he has. He's sealed our hearts in heaven, right? We are sealed with him in heaven. Uh, as the New Testament says, we, we, are, we are deposited with him in, in the heavenly places because of what Christ has done on the cross. And, and, and the hope, though, is that although we wander, right, it's, it's not... It's not about the wandering in the sense of woe is me, but we need to be, we need to acknowledge where we wander more than just feeling down, right? Like in my own life, uh, I, ooh, there was a voice crack. I have seen my, my wandering heart just go any way it can away from the God I love. And and I've seen it wander in ways that I didn't think I was wandering. And that's that's the sad part about our faith, right? So we're talking about people who just sing this song or sing other songs because it makes them feel good or because they've always sang the songs. And in those moments, your heart is wandering because you're not really focusing on God, right? We we think about, you know, seeing seeing the 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 like think about this if you see someone wandering right this is another thing we, we don't see each other wandering and, and investigate but the hope is that you would because the hope love hopes all things right so the cool thing about we we're prone to leave the god we love is he loves us and he pursues us and and he and he loves us where we are and he meets us in christ in the holy spirit and he helps us and he pulls us out of where we are through his word and through community, right? And through communion, through prayer. And But but we don't do that. We don't look for those who are wandering and investigate. We, we like to, like I said before, we'll write an article, we'll write a blog, we'll post a podcast, we'll do whatever, but we won't actually go to that person to investigate. Like like love tells us too, it's the hope all things. And, and, we'll, we'll, and we'll extend hands uh, of judgment, right? Right. Instead of extending hands of love and of grace to others, because 
we we see this truth that we are we ourselves are prone to wander so then we should look to others who are wandering currently and we should have compassion and grace not judgment and disdain you know it makes me think about how how um scripture says you know leave your stuff at the altar and reconcile with your brother if you have an issue with your brother in christ leave your stuff at the altar and and i think we miss what's important about that passage in that verse is what what the scripture is saying is your worship is insufficient until you reconcile and make it right from your side we 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 don't understand that i, I need you to understand what god is saying is i don't want that worship that you think you're giving me in that moment because it's not worship because you still have something against someone that i call my own and you haven't done what you can to reconcile that's what he's talking about he's saying this this worship is is literally nothing to me so so leave whatever you have at the altar because it's not going to work it's not going to appease me right because you've got something else going on in your heart and that's what we do we if we go to church and we are actively sinning in some way, right? We're holding sin. We're, we're, we're withholding repentance. There, what you're doing on a Sunday morning isn't worship. If you, if you haven't dealt with that and handled that sin, right? So if you're wandering and you're prone to wander and you're wandering now, and yet you don't say, God, help me in this. Take this. Take this wandering heart. Help me, right? then then at the end of the day the worship that you're giving to him in quotes on sunday isn't really worship because we have to do that until as the last stanza says oh that day when freed from sinning i shall see thy lovely face clothed then in blood washed linen christ's blood how i'll sing thy sovereign grace come thy come my lord no longer tarry take my ransom soul away send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day that to me is such a beautiful picture of of what it will be like now there's still more to unpack about what it's going to be like in heaven and with christ but and with god but i just i love how we'll sing of his sovereign grace and we'll be clothed in blood washed linen it's a beautiful you know paradigm of well that doesn't seem clean it is because our robes will be will be in perfect robes that were only able to be given to us and obtained through the death of a substitutionary atonement, which is Christ. So this song, if I was going to rate it, I, I would say that it it touches on Christ, um, and it talks about what He's done for us, but it doesn't necessarily reference Him specifically. It's it's very poetic, it's very flowery, um, and it can be very confusing. And and you know how I used to look at this song has changed over the years. Um, and, and I, I think I would say this is a song that would be really good to sing in church, but you would, you would just have to do it in a very intentional way. Um, and you would just have to be very purposeful about why you're doing this song. If you're, if you're just doing it to, to, a, to meet your hymn quota, then I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I, th- I think if you're just doing it to appease the hymn crowd, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, this is, this is a song that, uh, to be honest, uh, would is taking up the time of another that another song would have that would be more clear. 
And that's not to knock, I'm not saying it's a terrible song. It's just very, very poetic. And, it, you know, it, it just could be very confusing. And there were a lot of things I wanted to talk about as a result of this song or around this song. But we're already almost at 40 minutes. And I know that's, you know, it's, it, I will say, to be honest, it makes me very nervous anytime I get past 30. Because I just wonder if anyone's really going to listen to it. Because um, I don't want to over, like I said, overwhelm anyone with too long of a podcast. But I just, this song there was just so much to it that I, I wanted to touch on. And I still didn't, like I said, I didn't get to touch on all of it, but I, I really hope, I guess the message of today's podcast and, and my hope and your, my takeaway is that wherever you're at, right, wherever you are in your, your faith journey, you have to be honest about your, your wandering and not in just in the sense of how you don't feel close to God. That's not wandering in what this is talking about, Right. But that is a part of life. You're not always going to feel connected to God. And the big part of it is it's, it's always on us. It's on our end, not his. And so my, my hope, though, is that as you, as you think about your life as a Christian, you think about it as a life, your life as a Christian, not as an American or wherever you are in the, in the, the world as you're listening to this. Your, your life in Christ while influenced by the culture and society you're in is not determined by that right it doesn't matter where you are because all of us no matter what society we come from are prone to wander because while we are saved from the eternal consequence of sin we're not saved from the influence of sin because if we were saved from the influence of sin why would we need god what 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 would we use what would God use to help remind us that we need him if we're just perfect after he saves us and we just get to live perfect lives on earth until we die, right? What's the, what's the point? Where's the glory for him in that? So just note, and I, I, I want to leave you with this. Jesus sought you when you were a stranger and you didn't even want to be known by him. You had no, no reason to be known by Jesus. But he sought you in a stranger while you were wandering from God's fold. And he rescued you from danger by interposing, by substituting, by placing himself in his precious blood as a payment to to acquire you back. And that's the beauty of the gospel. So just know, listener, right? This song, while great carries a lot of different connotations because of its poetic language. So if you're a worship leader or a pastor, just know that when you think about doing this song, and if you're listening in private to this song, I hope that this this podcast helps unpack this song more for you. There's so much in this song. There's so much that I could talk about more. Um, and, and, my, and I just want you, I, I, I want this podcast to continually push myself first and you secondly to a deeper and and more uh i guess the word would be more fulfilling relationship with christ because we are taking more time to think and to ponder not our not our sin in the sense that like i said before you know we need to repent and not just ponder our sin no but we need to ponder what he's done for us and, and and look at ways in which our life in our life where we're wandering but anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. You guys know if you want to, you can support the podcast 
through buymeacoffee.com slash theologyofmusic. Email us at Theology and Music, or follow on Instagram at Theology of Music. Um, but yeah, share with your friends. Please share this episode on Instagram and all social media platforms. Listen on all the streaming platforms, uh, and just continue, continue to hopefully share a positive voice um, in a divided culture. And and, uh, and hopefully we can cut through the noise of of these other voices that just want to condemn or just deconstruct. And let's build up the truth of Christ in our lives. And uh, thank you guys for joining uh, me in that journey. And I hope that others do the same. But with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful Lord's Day. Uh, Pray for me. My audition is uh, tonight and actually yesterday when you listen to this podcast or whenever, it's Wednesday night. (laughs) Hopefully it goes well. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day. See you later.